0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: I'm Aaron Goldhammer, she is Courtney Cronin, and we are in for the Chris's on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. You can watch us live. I've got a weird headshot. You can actually see Courtney on video. On ESPN Plus, Triple H, say ESPN, the number if you want to jump in, or you can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Courtney R. Cronin, C-R-O-N-I-N, just like Mick, for Courtney. You can tweet at me. You should tell people that. Really?
2: No, he's not really my cousin, but I would tell people that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, the former Cincinnati basketball coach, he was my cousin. I
1: don't Uh, think people really got the reference. At Hammer Nation nineteen, is he at UCLA now? Do I have that right? At yeah, Hammer Nation he, nineteen,
2: somewhere else. Sorry, I'm derailing this.
1: No, you're perfectly <laughs> fine. Uh, I'm at Hammer Nation nineteen. The person you should really be apologizing to is ESPN fantasy and betting analyst Eric Moody, who joins us now on ESPN Radio. Eric, Courtney, and I were laughing earlier about this weird line: the ten and two Vikings are plus two. They're getting two on the road against the five and seven Lions. And I say, when I see a line like this, I just stay away from the game because I think something weird is afoot. How do you explain that the Lions are favored here?
3: Yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing, like looking at this line, thinking something, something is afoot here, you know, because you would, you know, expect the opposite to happen for where it, it's just, I'm just kind of scratching my head on this one. But I do have a betting recommendation, though, and on this one I'd love to dive into.
1: By all means, let's hear it. Uh, I mean, I mean, what (laughs) what do you think we have? What do you think we have you on for
3: your uh,
1: (laughs) your insight? Let's go.
3: All right, so let's dive in. So uh, I do like the Lions uh, in this game. So that's who I would bet on. You got Jared Goff. He always delivers. I guess we'll say uh, respectable performances at home. So you know he's obviously got rapport with Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, it's got a positive impact on the Lions offense. But I just look at how poorly both of these defenses have played. I think that's the wild card, like from a betting perspective, because Vikings defense, Lions defense have been horrible. But the Lions are 7 0 against the spread in the last seven divisional matchups, and 5 0 against the spread in the last five games following a straight up win. So based on the line, I think this game will be close. Uh, but I'm going to back the home team here, so I'm going to go with the Lions.
2: Okay, Eric. When we take a look at this Lions team and just everything that they've accomplished this year, now they're like putting up like thirty-five points, like it's nothing. Uh, it's wild to think about where they were a couple weeks ago, and really mm-hmm. what the catalyst has been for that. It, you know, in terms of Jared Goff playing really, really well this year, but on top of that, Jamal Williams has been the biggest surprise, at least to me from a fantasy perspective. Is that been the same for you?
3: Yeah, it it has been a surprise because we all anticipated, you know, Courtney, going into this year that DeAndre Swift would be able to handle a much larger workload. He's healthy. And then you'd have Jamal Williams coming in as a change of pace option. But obviously, we know Swift has dealt with multiple injuries off and on throughout the season. And we all know Jamal Williams is very capable. You know, look at his statistical body of work that he had at Green Bay uh, in a committee with Aaron Jones. And so, you know, they've just given him the the football and he's been their kind of goal line option in the red zone. And he's really delivered for fantasy managers when you compare uh, DeAndre Swift's average draft position to Jamal Williams. He's been a great value. I'm
1: trying to poke through here is this segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We're talking with Eric Moody here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Let's get one or two other either point spread picks or props that you like for this weekend.
3: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where can I start? Let's go with some props because uh, there are some props that I do like in this, uh, you know, for the slate. So let's start off with Garrett Wilson. Really like what I've seen with Wilson and um, quarterback Mike White with the Jets, especially once they've made the transition from Zach Wilson. So the receiving yards prop over 61 and receiving yards. He's got great rapport. With Mike White. You look at Wilson, he surpassed 61.5 receiving yards in four of his last five games. I know we were just talking about the Detroit Lions. I do like Jared Goff in this matchup over passing yards and passing touchdowns. As I mentioned, he's performed well at home, you know, with that cast of playmakers they have around them. But I just look at his Vikings defense. You know, they're allowing 283.6 passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. That's the most in the league. You look at Goff, I'm like, he's averaging 269 passing yards and, two, and nearly two and a half passing touchdowns per game at home. So I know those are two props that I like is if I'm going to look at another spread to kind of close the loop on that question, I really like the, um, let's see. I really like the jets. So, so, so hear, hear me out here.
1: Don't sound really convinced that you really like the jets. You sort of pulled them out of left field. Let me, let me hear this. Cause I think the bills are going to kill them this weekend. Revenge game in my mind. Why do you like the
3: jets? I'm, I know, I, I do too. I, I had that similar feeling when I looked at like this slate. But even though it's difficult to imagine like New York winning its second uh, consecutive game against the Bills, I just think this Jets team—they're very capable of staying within like that current number, especially when you look at that spread that large. And it's obviously a better situation with White under center as opposed to Wilson. So I look at New York's defense as I dove deeper. They're excellent at stopping the run. They have a great pass rush. They were a strong secondary. And although the Jets might not be able to completely stop a Bills offense that ranks in the top five in total yards and points scored per game, I just see them being able to slow them down. So you look at some of the betting trends. The Jets are 4-0 against the spread in the last four games after a straight-up loss. Furthermore, look at the Jets, are 5-0 against the spread in their last five following and against the spread loss. And so I know the Bills are a high-octane offense, but I think bettors may be underestimating, I'll say, this Jets team.
2: Eagles Giants a big one in the NFC East in week 14 am I like who am I sitting and starting in this one because we know that Saquon Barkley right now is questionable with the neck injury whether he plays or not is going to sound like a game time decision but should I be looking at Daniel Jones being on my bench? And then if I have Devontae Smith, considering what's happened when, when Dallas Goddard went out, is that somebody that is a surefire, start him, this is the right move for week 14?
3: Yeah, I feel very comfortable starting uh, those Eagles uh, players. So if you're looking at Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, I would not start uh, Daniel Jones, though. The Giants not having Saquon Barkley really anchor down the running game, uh, or even having him limited, which it looks like that's what we're trending towards. I, I think that's a huge problem. But from the fantasy lens, if you've got, um, you know, if you've got Saquon Barkley, I'm like Zonovan Knight with the Jets. You know, is a good uh, contingency plan. You know, James Cook is another player that's available uh, out there in a high percentage of ESPN League. So I would pivot to some of those other players. I'm still very comfortable starting my um, Philadelphia Eagles. I would say for the Giants, uh, outside of, uh, say, Matt Breda or Darius Slayton, I would kind of stay away. Eric, can
1: you PPR or no PPR, just in life?
3: <laughs> just in life? Yeah, you, you got to go with PPR. I'm like, who, who plays in really? standard leagues these days?
1: No, I, I don't <laughs> like it. I, You know, pass-catching <laughs> running backs, then become the best players, and I'm trying. I'm going on a campaign for 2023. No PPR. I'm trying to convince my college buddies to get rid of it. Point per reception in fantasy football leagues. Eric, appreciate the time, as always. Thanks.
3: That sounds good. Looking forward to the next time. Enjoy week 14.
1: All right. That is Eric Moody, ESPN fantasy and betting analyst. Courtney, what do you think? Normally, these guys, when we bring them in, to make picks and we say like, give us a game you like they're super aggressive. Like they've got me convinced there's no way that it could go any other way. Eric, you could tell was really like, uh, I don't, I don't know and if that he was Bill's con- Jets
2: game, right? Yeah. Like... He
1: was, he wasn't totally sold. He told the word said one thing, but the tone said another, uh, and I understand
2: Jets... that with that game, because remember when we were going to, we were going back to our favorite segment, pick the underdogs outright, which is a great segment here on Canty and Carlin. Super creative name.
1: Pony um, award winner. Yeah?
2: I, I was looking at the Jets because I think that they will actually win that game. My my heart tells me, my, I'm picking with my heart on this one. Jets already beat them once this year. yes. Josh Allen's elbow was a serious problem, but this is also a Bills team right now that's trying to find its way without Von Miller. So I'm going with my heart, even though my brain's telling me revenge game, Buffalo's not going to screw this one up, uh, and they're at home, but that's a hard one to pick. I can't blame Eric for that because I was having the same problem trying to pick that game.
1: I like Eric's style because the ESPN trend is to act like you know everything, and it's okay to admit that sometimes... You know, you feel a little bit conflicted on a game. By the way, Cam, producer Cam, is trying to convince you, Courtney, that the segment isn't called what you said it was called. What did he say he it wa- was
2: called? He's co- what he wants call to it call again? it
1: Dog Days Are Over. See,
2: I don't understand what that even means. Dog Days, I get it. Under Dog Days so- Are Over. Why don't we call but it "Underdog"? Dog? I understand. It's the Florence and the Machine song. I'm not dumb.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I know. I shocked everybody that I do, know something, that I do know something culture.
2: about pop culture. Yeah, but like. The underdog days are over is what it should be called. But if you just call it dog days are over, people are thinking of the song. They're not thinking of me picking games against the spread or not picking them against the spread.
1: I, I didn't know yeah. it was Florence and the Machine. I gotta tell- for someone who doesn't have a favorite movie, you impressed me. I gave with you your, five
2: uh... earlier in the break. It's your fault that you guys don't remember them, nor do you respect them, and my list is my list. I stand by and
1: it. And Titanic is on the list?
2: If well, you think this... that that's a bad choice, then you need to reevaluate what's on your list, Aaron. That might speak more about your own insecurities rather than my movie list.
1: Well, listen, this segment is going down just like the Titanic. So with that, <laughs> I've got a tease. Will Aaron Rodgers be anywhere other than Green Bay next year? We talk about a very obvious sports talk radio topic next. They should play Jordan Love. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN app.
0: Did you miss Canty, Canty and Carlin?
1: Celine Dion going through some health stuff. I didn't read beyond the headline, but I know she's going through a difficult time. Courtney had to cancel some concert dates. Totally ill-prepared to talk about this, but I just want Celine to know that we're thinking about her. This is here the second Canty time and Carlin. that
2: we played the song coming in. Last night when I was hosting ESPN Radio, we also played My Heart Will Go On. Just ESPN so, you know, Radio. still a popular song.
1: ESPN app, SiriusXM channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can always hit us up, Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Courtney R. Cronin and at Hammer Nation 19. All right. Courtney declared that that she didn't really like movies earlier in the show. That she didn't have the patience for them. That she didn't have the bandwidth for them so we're going to push the aaron Rodgers discussion back about 10 minutes if you want to hear us argue about aaron Rodgers, it's 10 minutes from now courtney wants to give you the five movies that she likes now these are not your all-time top five movies that you've not put that much thought into just explain where this list is coming from this
2: list came from a conversation i had with a colleague recently I was asked that question. What are your top movies? Give me your top five. And I'm not somebody who has a top five list in terms of movies or TV shows. Like, I like what I like, but I don't have something that I'm re-watching over and over and over again. That's just not what I do. Um, and I think this conversation started because this is my bye week. I cover the Chicago Bears for ESPN's NFL Nation. Somehow, my team drew the short straw. And we all crashed and burned into the week fourteen finish line. So I haven't really left this home of mine all that often this week. I have read books because I'm a nerd and because I I like to relax and I like knowledge. Now I think we went on a conversation. (laughs) You don't
1: like movies because because like oh
2: like. The whole conversation started because if you can see me on ESPN Plus right now, there's all these books behind me. And Devin, our producer, let it be known that, wow, or maybe it was even Fitz. I'm not going to throw Devin under the bus here. That All the books that you have in there, some of them are probably movies, and you can digest them in two and a half hours and be done with it. Mm. I'm not a huge movie buff. I wish I was better in terms of the patience it takes to sit through a movie or to sit through TV shows. Like I can Uh do things kind of mindlessly, but – my list of movies, it's hard for me just to like think of them off the top of my head because it'll change. My current top five list, if you're ready, if I can maybe get a drum roll, Javante, um, I have movies that mean a lot to me. They may not be like my favorite ever, but these are ones that I really, really like. So we're going to go backwards from five here. Number five. Number five. GoldenEye. Pierce Brosnan's debut as, the, as oh James Bond God. back in 1997 or 8, one of the greatest I've years in it. sports in my life, one of the greatest years in movies as well. Um, it's a tremendous movie. The soundtrack is fantastic. Tina Turner sings the GoldenEye theme song. Would love to hear that coming out of the break. Um, but, yeah, no, it's an absolutely incredible James Bond movie, and it's my number five on my list. Number four, Blue Chips. If you haven't seen it, you haven't seen the best sports movie of all time because this has so many cameos, you won't know what to do with yourself. It's about Shaquille O'Neal who was this incredible recruit, basketball recruit in this movie, and Nick Nolte plays the head coach of this college, and there's recruiting violations galore. There is just absolute debauchery when it comes to what goes on in college basketball, much of which is an exaggeration in this movie, but is actually very real in real life. It's so good. It's so cheesy, but it's awesome, and it'll go down as my favorite sports movie. Uh, sorry to the people who wanted me over, to say remember the Titans.
1: With your movie, just put a lot of cameos in it, and apparently she is.
2: I mean, Rick Pitino on- was a co- was like an assistant coach in this movie. Like, you've got to watch this movie for the cameos alone. It's like watching that Adam Sandler movie. What was the movie like from recently where he was a scout? For the Sixers. Oh, I like
1: that. It was called... Uh, hustle, right? Hustle? Yeah, hustle. Hustle. Think about all with, the cameos wa- with, uh, in Heron that movie. that Gomez.
2: Yes. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. LeBron James' and Spring Hill Entertainment Company, all those cameos that he orchestrated. Blue Chips was basically on that level. Okay, next. Number three. Called Ituma Matambien. It is an absolutely fantastic coming-of-age movie. I watched it in my junior year Spanish class in high school. Probably not an appropriate movie to be watching in high school because... European films, especially Spanish films, have a lot of nudity and a lot of other things that we can't talk about here because we are a Disney-owned property, but it is an unbelievable movie in the storytelling arc. The whole thing is absolutely beautiful. It's a foreign film. You can get it with subtitles. I am a Spanish major. I have to watch it with subtitles because I don't use my Spanish anymore, and I'm an absolute failure when it comes to Cameos
1: and nudity is the way to Courtney's heart. What's number two? Number two.
2: Titanic, because shout out to our girl Celine Dion. That song is absolutely fantastic. All these years later, 1997, another great year for movies, like I mentioned earlier with Goldeneye. Um, It was just, it's, it's a classic. Like, you cannot not watch Titanic. And I love this movie so much that one year, back in 2016, I was craving watching it. So I ended up paying to watch it on TV. And it's like, Gosh, you can just turn on E and record it or, like, any other channel when it's on, Mm -hmm. you know, three times a month. But I was so impatient in that moment, I paid the $11.99 to watch Titanic, all four hours of
1: it. Do you agree that Rose is a horrible person?
2: Are we talking about the plank and that she couldn't have him? Like, I honestly think there's a physics question that we have to bring in here. If they're both leaning on that wood, the thing is going to sink. So I think they but, did the best could. But also they could. she
1: throws the heart of the ocean. This she could sell it and give the money to charity. They Instead didn't she have throws eBay it in the then, ocean. She was, I, ups- but,
2: she was upset. She was upset with what's it, his name? Um, you know, Billy Zane's character and the guy yelling, "I have a child to try to get on a boat." I would throw something that he gave me in the ocean too. And you know what? The excavation crew went and found it all those years later. So it turned out okay if, for her.
1: If I was Leo, I would have gone in a different direction. That's just me. What's well, number you also,
2: one? Like, I don't know how many people on the third class part of the boat would have been able. other guys would have been able to get with Rose. Leo was charismatic. That was heartthrob Leo. He was the crush of everyone's childhood back in 1997, a great year for movies and sports. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I love Titanic. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. If I actually redid this list to give you a true order of, like, one through five, I don't know where I'd put it. But right now it's number two. Because it was on the top of my head.
0: Number one.
1: I didn't mean to force you to go into number one, but let's go to number one.
2: It's Black Hawk Down because it is relatively true a relatively true story based on what happened in somalia in the 1990s with the black hawk helicopter that crashed there um and it was a geopolitical crisis and who doesn't love a geopolitical crisis played out with josh hartnett playing lead and it's just such a good movie like that was kind of at the time where there were a lot of those coming out like Past the Saving Private Ryan era, the Sum of All Fears era, you know, Goldeneye kind of thrown into that mix, even though it has nothing to do with American politics and geopolitical things that are actually real. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It is a tremendous piece of cinematography. I believe it's a Jerry Bruckheimer film, so you know what you're getting at there. Always when people ask me, like, a top five list, Black Hawk Down's in there somewhere. Um, When I was in Kenya back in 2011... I was there for a reporting class on HIV and AIDS because Indiana University has a partnership with a medical school in Eldoret. My ignorant self said, how far are we from Somalia? I would like to go visit there. Well, little did I know that there was like a no entry, no exit thing, and it was a very unsafe place to go to, so I couldn't go down to Mogadishu, where this movie took place, and get to see, you know, at least what I thought was Black Hawk Down or the site of it, so I lived through the movie, and I watched it on the airplane going home.
1: Well, we are worldwide on the ESPN app. So if we you sure are listening are. to us in Somalia, we want to shout you out. I think it's, uh, I think it's my top five, there. just quickly, draft day, I'm in it. A few good men, of course. Out of sight, if you haven't seen it, Clooney, Jennifer Lopez. It's uh, Soderbergh, fantastic.
0: Never heard when Harry met
1: Sally, just always warms my heart. And Glory. Because I'm fascinated by the Civil War, is my number one favorite movie of all time. Denzel, Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broderick, can't go wrong. Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin, and we will talk about Aaron Rodgers. I promise. Next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Do you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: We have a legitimate reason to talk about Division Three basketball, and we will do that coming up, so make sure you check that out. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We're on Sirius XM Channel 80, and you can watch us on ESPN+. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. You know, the Packers are a bad football team, Courtney. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that. And part of the reason why is because they're paying Aaron Rodgers $50 million. And I don't know that they have the resources to really fill out the rest of the team. They've had sort of a season from hell. And I'm kind of wondering what the future holds here. Because we saw Jordan Love for like two drives on Sunday night a couple weeks ago. And he looked pretty good. The Packers are not going to make the playoffs. They're done in the NFC playoff chase. They're one of the most disappointing teams in the league. And I'm sorry, I know Aaron calls all the shots in Green Bay, I guess. But if I was Brian Gutenkunst, if I was Matt LaFleur, I'd want to see Jordan Love play more between now and the end of the season in early January.
2: What annoys me about this conversation is when you hear people say, The fans are the ones who want to see Jordan Love. Like the Packers already know what they have in Jordan Love because they see it every day in practice behind the scenes. That's a lot different, Aaron, than seeing him out in NFC North competition, out against, you know, the Dolphins on Christmas, the day that they're playing, you know, down there. There's a lot to be learned about Jordan Love and what he brings to this football team that they're not going to get. Until they are mathematically eliminated from the postseason, that is what Aaron Rodgers brought up. Uh, I believe it was you know about a week ago after he went on Pat McAfee's podcast and talked about that he would be open to the idea of shutting it down if if and when, which feels like when more now than anything else, they get eliminated from the postseason.
1: And you know what's funny? He's doing to the Packers what Brett Favre Favre did did to to him. him. You know, and it so it's so cyclical because he didn't like going through this with Favre. And I, I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying the Packers traded up for him, right? They invested so much in that draft pick. And now they haven't had a chance to see him. And if they were to like him, Courtney, think about what they could get now for Aaron Rodgers yep. on the trade market. I mean, they, they could totally remake their team. I don't know about the salary cap implications of this, but look, Brian Gutenkunst is the Packers' GM. He was asked about the future now that the Packers are just about out of it of Aaron Rodgers.
4: We made a big commitment to him this offseason, and um, so that was obviously you know something that was really important to us. But like we've talked about in, in, in the past, I mean, this is something we'll sit down with him after the season, and it'll be something we do together and, and move forward that way.
1: Got a feeling, Courtney. Aaron Rodgers is going to play for another team in his career.
2: Do you think he's playing for that other team beyond 2023? Because we had a graphic up on ESPN Plus that shows you he's making $59 million guaranteed in 2023. Do you think he's going to be playing anywhere other than Green Bay? Because I don't. Because I think that this is somebody who sees that price tag, sees the contract that he just got, and realizes you know, if he goes somewhere else, The contract may get restructured. Yeah, he might have a better chance to win a Super Bowl, but I'm looking at somebody who realizes this is a contract that's paying him what he feels that he is owed. And has he played up to it this season? No. Are there mitigating circumstances? Yes. I don't think he's anywhere outside of Green Bay next year. We can pontificate and guess about the Jets being an option for him or maybe another team. Maybe he replaces Tom Brady in Tampa. I don't think any of that is a conversation for 2023. The year after that, potentially, but given the amount of guaranteed money he has next year waiting for him just to come back to Green Bay and play, they don't even have to make the postseason. He's got to play that year. I think that he is nowhere other than in a Packers uniform in 2023.
1: Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Courtney Cronin. Let me frame it to you this way. If Aaron Rodgers' career is 18 holes of golf, where is he on the course?
2: Probably on the 16th hole.
1: So... You don't think any of the reason the Packers stink this year is because of just poor performance on his. I mean, no, I understand. I, no, he's playing I definitely through injuries.
2: think it's more than the injuries. I definitely think that some of this has to do with the lack of chemistry. Diminished, he's built with diminished skills.
1: Is any of it diminished skills?
2: Yes and no. Because some of those skills are affected by injury. The thumb injury, we cannot underplay this, even though he was trying to do that. That's a absolutely a huge part of why he is playing as poorly as he's been playing and why he's just looked off. I mean, I watched him lob a pass to Randall Cobb the other day that maybe was like the most inaccurate pass I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers throw against the Chicago yeah. Bears. Um Some of this obviously is age. Some of it's the regression element. Some of it's the fact that they never replaced Devontae Adams. They didn't go out in free agency and do what Aaron Rodgers had probably hoped in going to get him another number one or doing what he needed to do to keep Devontae Adams there. But you can't blame it on that when this offense is supposed to be shifting around the run game. They have two really good running backs and they don't utilize them in the way where it is a clear-cut answer that that's how they win football games, that that's how they establish things offensively because you still have Aaron Rodgers on your team. You're still trying to feed into, hey, this is somebody who was a back-to-back MVP. He's a future Hall of Famer. He should be able to carry your team. We're seeing a natural regression. We're seeing the regression with Tom Brady. In a different respect, we're seeing it with Russell Wilson, like quarterbacks who have played at an extremely high level for a very long time. There's always going to be a day where you meet your maker. And it feels like Aaron Rodgers has had that day this year, even after getting the contract and thinking that things were going to finally be okay.
1: Yeah. Well, look, it's easy for me to say it, I guess, Courtney, with hindsight, because they didn't win the Super Bowl last year when they definitely had a window to. Yeah. And and it it feels like that window closed pretty quickly. Yeah. So so, but I wonder if if the Packers really liked Jordan Love, okay? maybe they just should have traded Aaron Rodgers when he wanted to get traded on draft day in twenty twenty one. And they could have got, I mean, four number one, like who knows? They could have started a bidding war that could have been the craziest trade in NFL history. And then think about it rather than paying him fifty nine million dollars. And by the way, they did not get back to another Super Bowl let alone win one he's gotten to one in his career Mm -hmm. they could have really kick-started their rebuild with tons of incredible assets now as you said for salary cap reasons commitment reasons they might be stuck with him for another year when they're kind of paying him for past performance like the Lakers did with Kobe Bryant at the end of his career is Aaron Rodgers really still a 59 million dollar a year quarterback? He was the MVP last year, but I do think getting older is part of it for him. I, I do I think it's the whole reason why he stunk. No, but not everybody can be Tom Brady till they're 45. Not everybody takes care of themselves like that. And then there's also just the the team stuff, the leadership stuff, the weird stuff with Aaron Rodgers that. If I was the Packers, again, in hindsight, I would have been cool disassociating myself with that. Up next, a Division III basketball team shot the ball 111 times. All of them were from three. What happened there? We'll explain. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Kenny and Carlin are on ESPN Radio and ESPN+.
5: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: Did you miss and Carlin? Why are we talking
1: about Grinnell College's game against emmaus bible college we'll explain coming up in just a second canny and carlin espn radio espn app sirius xm channel 80 i'm aaron goldhammer she is courtney cronin and we start now with chris carlin's play of the night
0: time to earn some cash
1: the taste of money the smell of wealth
0: Canny and carlin's best play of the night
4: the taste of money All right, it is that time, and we have got a little NBA parlay for you this evening. And consulting with Canty or not talking to him at all, I have made the executive decision to go with the following. We have got Milwaukee and Dallas tonight, and we are going to make this a little bit spicy. How? Here's how. Milwaukee one-point favorites in Dallas against the Mavericks. One of Canty's favorite plays this year has been Drew Holiday over rebounds. That's four and a half. So we've got Milwaukee minus one, Drew Holiday over four and a half. But on Caesar's Sportsbook, we are also going to tie in Luka Doncic with a triple-double. So yes, that obviously increases the odds dramatically. It's a long shot play. But we're going to take a shot. It's a Friday. It's the holiday season. Let's make it happen, Captain. So here is the three-leg same-game parlay. Milwaukee minus one. Drew Holiday over four and a half rebounds. But we are going to root for the Luka Doncic triple-double. That three-leg same-game parlay paying off at plus 1,700. Could be an awfully happy holiday season if this one comes through tonight.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. worst, worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... One, one, two, two, three. three and Out. Aaron Goldhammer, Courtney
1: Cronin, N. Four Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We start three and out with Grinnell College, who Courtney set an NCAA men's basketball record for three-point attempts when it tried every one of its 111 shots from beyond the arc in the Division III school's 124-67 win over Emmaus Bible College. The number eclipsed 109 threes shot by Troy in their infamous game against DeVry College in 1992. Grinnell didn't just shoot a lot of threes. They made them. They were 40 of 111 you think the NBA, they shoot a lot of threes. This is out of control.
2: I wish I could remember. I was Googling it right now. There was either a college or a high school in Oklahoma that had adapted the Warriors style of shooting threes back in 2017 like literally copied the playbook here and it feels like Grinnell College which is in Iowa which is not that far away from Oklahoma if you're really looking at a map seems like they've done the same thing so shoot for the moon shoot all the threes that you want to I bet it was a fun game to go to
1: I think they also have, like, hockey lines. They check in guys five at a time. They play crazy pressure and pace. And I saw some of the highlights of this on SportsCenter earlier today. There were at least seven people that attended the game. Maybe nine. I mean, you're
2: going for the action there. You guys see 111 threes?
1: I mean, what else do you have to do? It's Iowa in December. Like, come on, Grinnell. Let's get a little bit of a turnout. Um, I saw, I think, today the best soccer game I've ever seen. The two World Cup games today, crazy. Croatia comes back, beats Brazil. And then Argentina and the Netherlands came to PKs because the Netherlands scored a goal in, like, the final minute to tie it. They came back from 2 nothing down, which is like the Raiders blowing a 13-point deficit last night. And then this thing, the whole four-year run for the Netherlands comes down to penalty kicks they get the first two stopped, and Argentina pulls it out for Messi. They win. They're on to the semifinals. Score of 1-10. to 10. How into the World Cup are you?
2: I was into it when the United States was playing. So last Saturday, I sat on the couch with my coffee before I watched college football, championship weekend, and I got into it, and then I realized that the Netherlands are a really, much, a really better team than the United States, and I had no clue what else I was watching. But I'm glad that they're out, cause that means that Argentina is probably gonna win this thing, right?
1: I mean, maybe I want to see Messi I,
2: win. That's what. That's all I, I care about.
1: Croatia, I, I think, would be a cool countries. story. The, the yeah, the fans though in these countries just go absolutely ballistic. It's kind of awesome. All right, uh, last thing, final word. Do I get rid of the headshot, the terrible one that you can see on Twitter at HammerNation19, or if you're watching on? The ESPN app. Get rid of it or keep it. Courtney?
2: I think you should keep it because I'm looking at mine right now because my TV app died, and who did my brows that day? My goodness, they're dark.
1: Folks, this has been Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio with Jason Fitz, and Michael Rothstein is coming up next here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: Weekdays on ESPN Radio.